0: What's up, GenXers? I am Stew Monkey, and I support GenX Grownup through Patreon, because they are the raddest thing since Max Hedron. You should totally support them too by visiting patreon.com slash
1: genxgrownup.
0: Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listeners to this backtrack edition of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. I am John. Joining me as always is Mo. Hey, everybody. And George. Hey, how's it going, guys? The backtrack edition is, of course, the episode where we pick a single nostalgic topic from our youth growing up as a Gen Xer and dig in deep. This episode, it's something taken for granted today, but growing up in Gen X, those bits, bytes, pixels and sprites that made up computer (laughs) graphics were a rapidly evolving marvel of the computer age. You couldn't even keep
1: up. They were going so fast. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Now it's just just a matter of like, oh, what small of what size screen can handle this amount of graphics? You know, now yeah. everybody has like photorealistic. Buy stuff. me
1: a Raspberry Pi, it
0: has every color, every resolution. Right. So <laughs> nuts. HDMI. You're all set. Before we get into the computer graphics, topic for this backtrack, though, my favorite part of the show, as you all know, is the fourth listener email segment of the show. And we have two fourth listeners this episode. Ooh, First wow. one is okay. from a longtime listener and patron supporter, Chad. Chad wrote in, and the topic was Christmas gift backtrack uh yeah so the backtrack we did about our favorite christmas gifts gifts. that we ever got Mm yeah i like that one chad writes in and says not completely on topic but i think it was john made a comment about how you hit a point in your life where you want to get rid of all those toys damn if that wasn't true i think i was in my late teens early 20s and my buddy's family had a yard sale i somehow glommed on and tried to sell my (laughs) gi joes and transformers oh Oh, man oh It gets more painful. Hang on. I sold a few for a couple of dollars each, but at the end of the sale, I just sold the whole box for like 20 bucks or something stupid. Oh,
1: Oh, poor. My
0: heart goes out to you, bitch. I know. I remember my grandmother being upset because she had bought most of that stuff for me. (laughs) Oh, Mm. man. Yeah. I always thought that was kind of ironic since she was the same woman that threw away my father's baseball cards. (laughs) 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 Yeah, she says, says, but now I regret getting rid of that stuff. Yes, I've gone on eBay and gotten a few of them back, but it's not the same as having the original one you had. Totally agree. So any 20-somethings that do listen to the show, you should take John's advice and hold on to that stuff because you will want it back, Chad. Damn straight. I
2: don't think it has anything Thing to do with the scarcity at the time of when you got it because nope. when we were getting star wars figures and gi joe they were everywhere
1: oh mm-hmm, well, yeah right? everybody had gi joe's i mean that was a big it's thing. just
2: the fact that of reacquiring them is a difficult process that's what makes the transition from getting rid of stuff or keeping stuff so damn difficult i'm so happy that i have some of the stuff that i had from back yeah. then but i so miss 90 percent of the stuff that i had and i know that going on eBay. Somebody's going to fleece me for. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, here's four hundred dollars for you to get this little electronic football game back. I'm like, shut up. I'm going to sell yeah, your own you. shit back
0: to you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, it'll probably have my name written on the back of it somewhere. Right.
0: Right. <laughs> so thank you, Chad. Second, fourth listener we have writing in is Shelby. Mm-hmm. OK. Shelby writes in and the subject is Christmas toys. OK. Shelby says when John told his Atari cartridge trick when he played them early, you're talking about when I cut open the the cartridges and and play it early. (laughs) shelby says i did the same thing for russian attack for the nes (laughs) i found it early and i played it however i got caught my mom left me a gigantic guilt bomb note how i ruined her christmas and i never did that again oh but i love the story to know I was not the only one. <laughs> wow.
1: There's, there's a life there's life lessons in both of those. I'm glad mm, <laughs> I there? didn't get
0: caught. Oh my goodness. A guilt bomb note. Yeah. total <laughs> guilt bomb. Holy cow. Uh,
2: you know and especially those as a child coming from your mother about Christmas that may be one of the worst guilt bomb notes you
0: could ever get. Oh yeah. Ugh.
1: Yeah. Terrible. See my mom didn't do notes. She just got in your face and guilted you directly.
0: <laughs> she was more aggressive about the guilt. Okay.
1: Yeah. No intermediary.
0: Incidentally since we recorded that i actually found my whammo magic window that we talked about yeah my original one it was i could know i still had it and i was so excited i don't have to pay 300 for it anymore <laughs> 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 we love it when the fourth listeners write into the show we love reading your emails here on the show if you would like to have your email read just hit us up at podcast at gen we will take that put it in the hopper and you'll be on a future episode all right guys it's time to jump into this computer graphics backtrack right after this The computers,
1: some capable of three-dimensional visual displays, are available to help researchers deal with a wide range of problems before going to the expense of building a plane or even a wind tunnel model.
2: What we're looking at here is the ability to actually view real objects, that is, three-dimensional objects and scenes the way they would normally appear to you if you were looking actually out of a window, say.
1: Let me tell you guys, computer graphics is like a big topic for me because you remember what they were like when we were starting to get computer games? I mean, they were looking back now. Oh yeah. They don't hold up very well.
2: I mean, I don't remember the stone tablets
0: and things that you had, Ooh.
2: but uh, when I minor. started, a- I remember. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what was the resolution on those tablets mode? Yeah. One by one, one by one. <laughs> well, I remember that was, that was a topic you would do. Like you would look in the magazines or the catalogs and you go, did you see the graphics of this? Did you see the graphics of that? Yeah. You don't talk about that anymore. Everything has great graphics because it's unlimited. Almost yeah, practically. Well, before thing.
2: you even started talking about that stuff, you had to know what those terms were. I didn't right. like back then. I didn't understand what the hell a pixel was or any of that stuff. So it might be good to start there.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. So let's get, let's do, like a, a little primer on computer graphic terms, okay, yeah, for for the non geeky, nerdy folk who listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so let's start with the basic unit: a pixel. Do you guys know what a pixel is? Well, I do now. I think <laughs> it's a point of light. Yeah, single point of light on the screen. Right, it's the smallest right. unit of drawing on the screen. It's a it picture
0: element. I believe pixel was derived from yeah. a
1: picture element. And it's, yeah, and it's either on or off, and they use and they have color, or yeah. the newer ones have color. But that's basically it. So then we get into the next term, which is resolution, which is what we're going to talk about, which is how many pixels can you fit on your screen going across and down? So think like a big piece of grid paper, for instance.
0: Right. Like graph paper when we were in school. Yeah. Right. Any given display can have an infinite number of pixels, but based on the hardware, you can divide it up into a certain grid. Right. That's how good or bad your that's how Atari or Xbox your game might look if you play. Anytime
2: I think about uh, resolution or pixels or grids or anything like that, I think about Star Wars, especially that scene where they're shooting the people from the different turret pods on the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. And it's got that little weird board in front of Luke oh, on the, that the, little, yeah, the little amber targeting. screen. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah yep. The little targeting one. And it's, so I always think about the graphics like that. I mean, if they looked at the squares instead of the intersection points but
1: yeah. yeah, that's what I always think about when I think of resolution. The only thing about remember resolution though, is actually three components to it. There's height, width, and number of colors. Okay. That you can display oh, at one time. So yeah like bit, that makes bit sense. depth.
0: So, okay. Yeah. Bit
1: depth. Right. So the next thing is basically there's a couple terms are called does raster graphics and vector graphics. So okay. raster is what you think of as just straight drawing point by points on the screen.
0: Raster graphics have pixels, right? So yeah, you b- have the, pixels. B- that's the grid. Yep. So which is the majority of things you, we look at today yeah,
1: are raster exactly. graphics.
2: Yep. Well, well, technically, everything has
0: pixels.
1: Yeah, true, true. But how, how the computer actually draws it is how it de- right. it's uh, determined. Whereas vector graphics, it actually uses mathematical formulas to draw lines and arcs. So yeah. it actually calculates hmm. where to draw it. So that's like the old Star Wars game was vector graphics. Right.
0: Asteroids. What was Asteroids,
1: that? Battlezone.
2: Battlezone's Battle probably the one that most people think of when they think of vector graphics,
0: I would yeah, guess. Vector right. graphics don't have pixels. It's it's a screen. There's a, a light, a laser that draws a point from position X, Y to position X, Y. So it's on a that screen, line, which one yeah. of those
1: little points is not considered a pixel then? Not, no, because it uses like a TV screen almost. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's the origin or end point of the line. So the beautiful thing about vector is you can't make a curve, but you can make a perfectly straight line with no aliasing. Right. Huh. That was what was so magical. That was the Vectrex. Remember the home unit you could get? Uh, I don't know when that Vectrex came out and somewhere in the late 70s or something, early 80s. That was the little black box that had a game in it and it had vector graphics because it was its own screen because there was no, you know, commercial TVs that could do that. Hmm. Oh,
1: yeah. And also vector graphics, too, were considered high resolution because they said there isn't like that pixel limitation. Right. There's no stair stepping. None of that very stuff. clean looking. They're actually very cool looking, very high tech. Although
2: looking. I will say that, especially nowadays, it seems like the vector graphics look the least cool compared oh, yeah, to the raster do. graphics. <laughs> <Right>. Now, <laughs> and now you could draw absolutely. a smoother line
0: almost without it. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> every, every time we play a vector paste kind of old piece of software, we're interpolating it for a raster display. <laughs> it's actually converting so it looks it worse.
1: <laughs> it looks way right. worse. <laughs> <laughs> so then you brought up anti-aliasing. Yeah. That's yeah. actually kind of a trick, actually. It is. Yeah. Because yeah. when you get raster graphics, you've seen pixelated images, right, where everything looks real blocky. Every Atari game I ever played. Yeah, or if you zoom in <laughs> on right. something to really find it And detail. so how they yep. actually fix that is by filling in the blocks in between with a middle shade. So your eye interprets that as smoothing out the line, which is pretty cool, actually. It's like an optical illusion, actually. It's pretty genius. I wish I knew who thought of that, but it's really yeah, smart
0: because really. if you just drive two colors, black and white, and you draw, you know, a diagonal, there's no such thing. It's a stair step. It's a bunch of little stairs. Right. And somebody figured out, you know, if in between the little jagged lines, we put like a gray that's between black and white, mm-hmm. your eye kind of smooths that out. Now, the line gets a little bit blurrier and softer, but overall, it makes it less harsh and less angular. So, which okay, that's I thought... Whoever came out with that one, that was genius. And you really can't do that until you have enough colors to be able to do
1: anti-aliasing. Because if you just have right.
0: eight or sixteen colors, you're not going to waste them smoothing a
1: line. You don't do that. <laughs> yeah. That's not a thing. And then the next thing is a uh, sprite. So right. who knows what a sprite is? So a sprite
2: isn't that like one whole piece of an image, and you just you can replicate it a whole bunch of times. Like the whole thing of a man would be one sprite, or a square, or a triangle. No, it, it's a, it's there's a
0: beverage. It's half, half lemon, half lime. <laughs> it's a beverage, <laughs> and it, it's
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Into the
0: podcast, y'all have a nice day. What? what now? George is the only one that can make goofy comments. I uh, shenanigans. That's my role in this podcast. You don't get to usurp
2: everybody else's role. Stick to your grammar, grammar not Stay it, in your lane.
1: <laughs> Stay in your lane. So, George, actually, you are right. You're, 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 pretty pretty close. Close. you're pretty darn close. You're pretty darn close. Pretty right? close. Yeah, it's an image that can be drawn in its entirety and positions essentially. Yeah. So they like the old like uh, console, like the old arcade games. Used a lot of sprites like the little Mario dude. Yep. They would just draw the little Mario dude, then they'd erase it and draw that same dude a step over. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's like how you when move. he
2: dies and he spins around in that circle, that's like five sprites. Just five sprite different sprites. One right after the one, the one, other one sprite, they're
0: swapping out what the sprite is drawn as. That's yeah. right. right. Yeah. The, the benefit of sprites is that they're drawn separately and independent from other elements on the screen, background elements or effects. Mm-hmm. Because there's only one XY spot on the screen that represents that spot. And if you put something else there, it erases it. But sprites don't do that. They they substitute, and when they move, they reveal what used to be there. So sprites can be moved around without worrying about interrupting what's on the background. And so that was used very heavily in, like you said, early uh, video games,
1: Mario, and well, yeah, combat. Like both Donkey your Kong tanks especially. are sprites, you know. So the yeah. right, yeah, exactly. The last term we just want to talk about is collision, which that is gets into the video game world mostly. Whereas we actually be able to detect when things are touching each other on the screen. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Sure. That's how you know if my dot hit your sprite, <laughs> then spin your
1: little Mario around. You're dead,
0: now. right? <laughs> That's how we know.
2: You talk about Mario and stuff, and there was. I guess it's Donkey Kong. No, it's yeah, it's Donkey Kong where you go up to the top of the girder pegboards level two thing, and you stand off to the right or left of it, and they've got that collision box that's wider than it needs to be, so you can stand next to Donkey Kong, jump and move. Oh yeah, and yeah, score points. Yeah, right. you, you can actually spam. The computer the... thinks you're jumping over him, even though you're really not.
0: That's right. Yep, and all that is because they had to use that same programming to detect: Are you there? Did you touch this? Did a barrel hit you? Are you over top of a barrel? Did you? Yes, exactly
1: right. Yeah, and that's where the developers I think got super creative because. That takes a huge amount of processing, comparatively speaking, to kind of calculate all that stuff. So they did some amazing tricks and shortcuts and all that stuff so that the gameplay, you think it's like it knows where you are all the time. Right. You know, and early it, computers actually, stuff.
0: they built in collision detection and you a know, number of sprites and that kind of thing to allow you to handle this evolving graphics environment that was getting more and more sophisticated as we gradually went, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, I know. Mo. Yeah.
2: And I think what's interesting about that term is that the thing that we talk about it the most is when it's done. Incorrectly, like you see two ships pass through each other, right? Pac Man is the classic example. He turns a corner and the ghost is looking a different way, even though he goes right through the ghost, he doesn't get destroyed. Yep, that's that's like one of the biggest glaring examples. Was that intentional? I don't know, but they collide, but
0: nothing happens. So, yeah, they call it incorrect collision detection. Nice, fancy term for it. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. All I know know. is I didn't die when I was supposed to. Yay, and we're back to grammar (laughs) Nazi (laughs) just because I used words. What? Yes. You can't use your words. We're using graphics in this podcast, not words.
1: <laughs> Me, sorry,
0: George. Me not talk words.
1: <laughs> You're watching the most exciting game you will ever see on your TV set Telstar by Coleco, with three different games Telstar handball, tennis, hockey. All three at an exciting low price. For great family fun, hit your TV to a Telstar by Coleco. Okay, so now that we have some basic terms, let's just talk about computer graphics. So Really, before computer with quotes around it, graphics came out. Most people's exposure to computer graphics were in games, right? Because the only place you really ever saw it, like, no one had home computers back then. Maybe the occasional movie may have a, a really small bit of computer graphics yeah, in it. But later, that really wasn't much later, until yeah, much later. Here's another trivia question: One of the first known computer games written was on a oscilloscope, <laughs> actually in 1950. Really? Yeah. The the tennis one, right? Yeah. It was, like, it was a little tennis one, and also there was a guy named Ben Leposky who actually used it to create artwork because you know oscilloscopes work on frequency and all that kind of stuff right yeah and he figured out how to manipulate all that to create artwork on the screen and uh, hmm. in the show notes I'll throw some examples of it but it's pretty damn impressive let me tell you
0: and that probably would have been considered a vector right because it's drawing a yeah, line yeah. with, with that laser and it's right? based so on it's,
1: formulas right which yep. is frequencies and yep. amplitude and all that point stuff point to point but that can't be a vector because John you said that
0: vectors can only draw straight lines and an oscilloscope draws arcs oh so maybe it's a type of vector I don't know what does an oscilloscope use it's got to be similar I don't know
1: well, I think vector graphics actually can draw curves because it draws based on formulas. okay so they can draw curves okay. oh so you if you have have a certain algorithm, maybe you can draw a curve. Oh, I see. So there you go. But yeah, in 1961, there was a game called Space War.
2: Now that's the one I know of. Yeah, Yeah. I know Space War. I thought that was the first one. I didn't realize there was something in the 50s It was 11 years later. (laughs)
1: 11 years later. And apparently some people at MIT had nothing better to do. (laughs) So on this massive, state-of-the-art computer that probably filled four football fields.
0: You know, some of the best inventions on the planet, the story starts with, so these MIT engineers were bored, (laughs) (laughs) dot, dot, dot. Right. <laughs> and I don't
2: know if any of you guys have ever seen that story told in any docu-series or docu-dramas or anything like that, but it was amazing to hear those people tell the story of when they were sitting around and doing that and how, it got to be a real problem because they were playing that game so often that the computer then couldn't be used for its intended use yeah. you know like doing right? mathematical <laughs> calculations for the space program or some crap so <sighs> people were starting to get pissed <laughs> they had to kick
0: them off of it
1: yeah and the game itself was like super simple I mean you just had like a kind of a turret kind of thing and you moved and you shot this little spaceship that was flying around there was some gravity to it there was star, yeah, it um, some planets is, is, or stars
0: is, or something yeah that's been ported a million times I wonder what the resolution was on that screen
1: oh jeez it could have been much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I probably to get an idea. So if we go and get another 11 years past that in 72, yeah. that was when the first commercially marketed one, Pong. Hit. Yep. Mm. And so that one was 256 by 512 pixels. That was the resolution. And one color. Yeah, I guess that would have been difficult <laughs> yeah. because Space War,
2: that DECA PDP-1, that was a round screen. So it might have been hard to figure yeah. that out. But.
0: Yeah. It, well, it might have been oscilloscopy almost, I bet you, because I've yeah, seen pictures yeah, of right? it. Probably pretty much based like Based on
2: the earlier technology. But Pong had... You, how, what did Pong have? Yeah, 256, 256 by 512.
1: 5, 5, 12. Yep. Yeah. Wow. With one color. White. One color. Was it. White. On or off. That was it. That's all <laughs> you off. get. Yeah, that was but it. you think
0: about it, and, that, and that's it. It's, it's two lines and a dot, and then a dash line, and the, the score even was boxy, yeah. you know, the one and the twos. Well, in some cases, it like when they got it home, it
2: was even, you had overlays to change color. That's or right. Or change yeah. the pattern or something. Depending on
0: the yeah. size of your TV, good luck, right? Right, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> you had to cut them down to size. I mean, think of it this way, like if you have a smartwatch you have way higher resolution than Pong had. Of course. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Right. On, on your wrist right If you right have now.
2: anything that's modern, you have better resolution. Yeah, yeah. And if there's ever Pong any question had.
0: about whether or not computer graphics captured people's attention and their imagination back then, I, I, I always love referring back to this story about Pong when Nolan Bushnell would say, and he put it in that bar for people to play and the guy the bar owner called him and said it's broken come in it doesn't work and he came in and it was so jammed with quarters that a quarter could not go into it (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't broken it was just simply overflowing with quarters and so the quarter when they dropped it in it didn't hit the center
1: because it overflowed on a pile of quarters it was it wouldn't start wow yeah one color (laughs) And because Pong was so basic, they actually have you heard about that when they did the world's biggest game of Pong, where they did basically they used a building as the as the screen. Yeah, I've seen videos on on the side of a building. Right. Yeah, and they controlled the lights in the rooms of the building, and they had people down there with little controllers, and you could play Pong on the side of a building. (laughs) Yep. I wish I could have been there because that would have been awesome. That's
0: stupid and amazing (laughs) simultaneously. So cool.
1: (laughs) I saw a video of it. I'm like, I wish I was there. What a waste of time. Let me do it. Exactly. I mean, come on. (laughs) We got some barriers. To do. You jump another five years, which is this is like one of those times where it just made like this huge leap. Where you go from Pong, right, which is hardly anything in one color, to our old time favorite, the Atari 2600, which came out in 77. Mm, yeah. You know? Well, at first they brought it into your home. So this
0: was the yeah. big, ba- I mean, it, it wasn't the very first home arcade game. No, no It was no. the Nintendo of its day. Everybody that had anything at home, they had this. You might have had Odyssey or a Fairchild or something, but if you did, you wanted the Atari because it was the one that was getting all the love. Yeah. And that thing wasn't even Pong resolution. No, it was less actually. It had more yeah. Colors. It, 160 by 192, 16 colors. That's what, what you got to work okay. with.
2: So once it, usually the first number is bigger. I know. Like when you not, talk about resolutions, nope. it's almost always the first number is bigger, but well, in this case, it was the other way around. About
1: this like they're feeding it on an old TV screen too, which is narrower than like HD today. But old TV screen
0: was four by three.
1: Yes, yes. So yeah. I've, I've read full books on this. Uh, I, I read <laughs> Racing the
0: Beam all about the Atari and the architecture of it. Uh, Atari pixels weren't square.
1: Yeah, they were little
0: rectangles, right? Yeah, they were little rectangles. Huh. You can look at any little character that is any little game like that. And in the super low resolutions, so by by the 160 by 192 is the highest resolution. In lower ones like combat, they did have squares. But if you wanted anything bigger than that chunkiness, they were Mm -hmm. oblong. They were little kind of like, they were little pellets. Think of Pac-Man on the Atari 2600. And they didn't have dots, did they? They had those little pellets. No, they
2: were little lines. Those are pixels. Wow. Those are pixels.
0: Now, sprites can be square, but the actual pixels for the background not squares on the Atari.
2: So like in combat were the bullets sprites, but other things were pixels?
0: Because uh, <laughs> the bullets were square. Boy, I could go down a rabbit wow. hole on this. <laughs> the- <laughs>
1: Let's say that for a whole show. <laughs> you actually
0: had, you had two things. You had two characters and you had two balls. So they call it paddle and ball. Mm-hmm. Each tank was a paddle and each of them had a ball that was a quarter of the size. But if you wanted to merge the balls, you could have a third character, which is why when the four ghosts in Pac-Man move, they flicker because there's not enough of them. But yes, (laughs) the tanks were sprites. The balls were also kind of sprites. They were sub sprites,
1: but I love computer graphics. Sorry for the tangent, but it's amazing. Oh, cool. (laughs) Okay, so the tanks and the shots were sprites okay but the thing about 2600 which was huge was the fact that had 16 colors that it could show yeah
0: oh sure yeah
1: i remember the first time i saw that on the screen it it was like it was like magic i was like oh my god how are you doing this
0: and later they came up with tricks to cheat that i mean think of activision and they have that rainbow on their logo on the bottom you're like that's more colors they were literally changing the palette between laser beams going across the screen—that's which is amazing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, because it was so slow, you could actually time it and know exactly when that when the
1: raster was going to go across, and you could change the color before the next raster came. It was insane. Wow. <laughs> so, and just again, to kind of keep this in context. If you look at the arcade games that were coming out at the time, like the first oh. one, like Pac-Man and Joust, for instance. Yep. Look at the resolution of those suckers, because they were about Joust was two ninety two by like two forty. Mm. Yeah. And that had sixteen colors. And you think of that game, and it's like it's photo. Realistic? Well, it's not really compared to your target. I, I remember seeing that. I thought the little ostrich you ride was pretty damn cool. I know, right? <laughs> well, I like, well, and wow. that game,
2: it made you feel like there were more colors than there than the yeah, sixteen it certainly it did actually yeah. had because they were. It felt like they were more detailed. It felt like they were smaller, and maybe that's because of that two ninety two number. I'm not sure, but man, that game looked so much different than say like Pac Man two years before.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you, I think that's the genius of these people, the programmers back then, is because they had such limited resources that they came. Up with just some of the most brilliant ways of tricking you to think that things were higher resolution than they actually were.
0: Yeah, well, like that anti-aliasing, like you know, right. putting things in front of each other, the you're changing between the raster, like I talked about. Ingenuity Didn't even have is anti-aliasing trump it.
2: Aliasing back then. Yeah, you could absolutely
0: is. do it. it as long as you had two huh. close colors. But you used, colors. used up one of your colors, though. You're right, you had to chew uh, up a color. Yeah, right. sixteen. <laughs> yeah. Yep, exactly. That was the problem.
2: I guess that's why we had a blue and yellow ostrich.
0: <laughs> you're right. Yeah, yeah. you ever yeah, wonder yeah, why? Exactly. That dictated the color of some characters. Yeah, I mean you. Had Pac-Man, which was 224 by 288, only 16 colors, but when you look at the maze of Pac-Man, that, that beautiful royal blue, those oh, are yeah. smooth. Mm-hmm. Those are very kind of jagged because they didn't right. want to anti-alias the blue and another blue, so it's just Well, and that's color. what I'm
2: thinking. I'm thinking of the fire hands and Joust. They did look rather smooth coming up out of the fire pit to grab your ostrich. Yeah. Compared to just two years earlier, how Pac-Man, even though it was a gorgeous game, I'm not trying to take anything away from it, but it did look a little blocky, a little very chunky flat, in very some flat, parts of the, yep. of the maze, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, if you look at like that fire Hand or the pterodactyl or anything in joust, what you're gonna see is they actually sacrificed some of their 16 color palette because the background was pure black, so that helped. Yeah. And right. lots of earth tones, so browns and oranges and stuff. And you think about like platforms were like kind of brownish, kind of reddish orange, mm-hmm. and they reused some of those colors to anti alias the fire, which was red and yeah. some oranges. So those colors you'll see that are the it's the light shade of the ground, but it's also the bright shade of the fire, and they really cleverly created a palette yeah, to start using really these advanced uh, techniques. Yeah. Are you keeping up with the Commodore? Because the
2: Commodore
0: is keeping up with you. The Commodore 64, now in a home family pack. A family pack containing the world's number one selling home computer. A data cassette and joystick. A comprehensive teach-yourself program plus three additional software packages. The Commodore family pack now available from your Commodore dealers and major retail stores.
1: We talked about like kind of pre-computers. Now we get into the computer side, which, oh, of course, this yeah. is where all of us start coming into it, right? Well, no,
2: I mean, we had Atari 2600s, but yeah, this is the first time we come into PC well, games. we could start now. making yeah. our own graphics. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But
1: this right. is where I started really understanding it, I guess, because, you know, a computer you start playing with this stuff. That's why I started realizing how great the 2600 was. <laughs> After you see like, wow, these you know, things are that's really a good hard point. To do. When I was
0: playing Atari initially, I wasn't thinking about how many pixels or dots or colors there yeah. were. I was just like, how good does it look? So I didn't, yeah, I really didn't have the concepts that we got once we
1: started programming. Sure. In uh, 1977, there was a TRS-80, or lovingly known as the Trash. Ah, oh, the
0: Trash 80, <laughs>
1: beloved, <laughs> which actually was only a six. Was really only meant to do text. Yep, because it was only a 64 across by 16 characters. Yeah, really. Yeah,
2: it was less than the 2600.
1: Yep, and it was Man. only one color. So I mean, and now this one, the res- you have to be a little careful because that's not really resolution. That's how many letters across and down. That's right. Okay. Actual right. physical letters. Right.
2: And letters would letters be considered sprites in that case? Then
1: nope.
0: no, no, nope. they were just blocks. So so it's just a big grid. Okay. Text is like a scrolling grid, like, like a spreadsheet. Like you can fill in a cell with a letter, but that right. letter has right. some resolution itself. Hmm. I did my fair share of programming on the Trash 80, let me tell you. It, <laughs> I love calling it the Trash 80, but I'll punch somebody else that calls it that. It's It
2: was really, <laughs> really wonderful. Only like, like, I'm allowed to insult like, my could say 80. That. I
0: can say that. TRS 80 was, was great. I, it's what I played with in middle school. And even though it was only 64 by 16, you could use that text tile grid to create your own graphics by turning those on and off or putting in characters to serve as anti-aliasing because you have a a solid block and a solid block. But if then you put like an X next to it, it kind of anti-aliases that step stair step line. Hmm. I drew a dragon. I made a Pac-Man sort of that, I mean, a Pac Man that opened and closed his mouth. He didn't do anything. He didn't eat dots well, now anything. you're talking
2: about like ANSI graphics
0: and stuff a little bit. Well, that played into it because it was only text. Yeah, you kind of had to do yeah. that as ANSI. That's and the ANSI yeah. came out of those early computers that only had text and limited graphics. Yeah, well, good we point.
1: also do. There was like another thing where you know you had your alphabet, you know, of, of characters. Yeah, you could actually change your alphabet. The letter A would be like a part of a circle, right? And yep. B would yep. be the other part of the circle. Yeah, you CD. can remap the character so a four block square can now have a big circle in it because it's actually four letters that you can. Converted to be pieces of a circle. It's it we is you had to do some really funky yeah. stuff. Well, very get much get like ANSI.
0: Think of ANSI like the how you could draw box lines, you know, on BBS's, you could draw mm-hmm. because you had, a, you had a corner and a line and a double edge, and you could do that by remapping the characters on those. I know that dear to my heart. Uh, in 79 (laughs) was the Atari 8-bit computer line, which actually predates the Commodore 64. I know we'll get to in a second. George was your favorite. Uh, But the Atari 8-bit, man, 320 by
1: 240, 16 colors from 192 color palette. Mm. Yeah, see, that was the amazing part is that you had 16 colors, but you have to choose from 192 colors. Right, it wasn't just like the old, like CGA or
0: EGA type graphics, right? You could pick which 16 colors you want to use at any given time. And I played a crap of stuff on there. I did my own programming (laughs) on the Atari. You know, I did my own artwork. That was my first... Paint program that was rudimentary, but you could draw right. things. I could draw yeah, a draw guy, I could draw a monster, or whatever. I wasn't good at it, but you could make any art you wanted.
1: It meant I had control of every pixel. I could make a picture on my own out of graphics. When that came out, of course, the TRS 80 had to come out with a color version, but being the trash 80, it wasn't as good <laughs> as what came out the year before. No, the, <laughs> it was as lower resolution with fewer colors, which yeah. I just remember when that came out, everyone was so like hyped for it, like, oh yeah, because you know, they're going to do something ground instead it's like they almost took a step back. But it had a built-in market, right? It already
2: had a large group of people who were fans of TRS-80, the original. Yeah. So I can understand sure. why they maybe didn't have to push the envelope as much. Well, and you had the Radio Shack base built Everybody in was walking yes. into Radio Shack, yeah.
0: so they had a place to distribute. It was like an Apple store for that computer, right? Right. There, we have a built-in market where we can put this in. We don't have to you know, share the profits or anything. And it was decent. It was nicknamed the Coco, the color computer. Right. Was oh, that what it was? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that
1: was always its nickname. Because C O C O or Color Computer, except people who from back then though will definitely say the Atari had was much superior as far as colors and graphics. Oh, it, it, it was, yeah. but certainly you know
0: I, I know that you know Radio Shack and you know Tandy people they really liked it and it wasn't a step up from what they had, but it you know it was it was about to be eclipsed. When uh, PC compatibles started to figure out, oh, we not we're not
1: just text machines and they started to run away with it. Yeah. Now, then 81, you know, IBM said, hey, people are making money on these personal computers. They came out with one that was actually had pretty high resolution for the time. It was 640 by 200. Wow. But wow. only had 16 colors. But still, though, for, I mean, for the time, though, that, that started setting like that high bar standard of what the resolutions should be.
2: Is that the first 640 machine? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think so. That's crazy to think that the first 640 machine came from IBM. That's In not 81. the company you associate with graphics.
0: Well, and you look back, so that was 640 by 200. Just a few years earlier, the TRS-80 was a tenth of resolution, 64 by yeah, 16. It right. went 10 times, 10 fold in what four years wow yeah now mo i never had a pc compatible until 1995 at all oh really so are we going to talk about like i never understood the ega cga v are we going to get into understanding what those things are
1: oh yeah i mean okay basically those are like some standards that were coming out at the time but these days like those standards go out the window because it okay they're they're, like nonsensical but at the time we had something called cga which was this 320 by 200 uh, with four colors okay then the next big advance i remember when this came out was ega and i was like oh my my God, it doesn't get better than this. You know, 640 by 350 with 16 colors. Okay. And then they actually came out with something that they said, okay, this is it. With this one, you could do almost photorealistic stuff which was VGA, which was 640 by 480, 16 colors, which all actually, right. if you have a computer PC today, I think you actually can set your resolution to that still. Yeah,
0: you can set a computer to that today. Okay. So, so I never knew what those were. What we
1: dealt with <laughs> back
2: then. So does anybody know what those terms stand for?
1: Uh, color graphic adapter. Yeah. Okay. Enhanced graphic adapter.
2: Yep. And,
1: oh, what was the last one? Um, very high graphic adapter. Some, some, they just like fudged the last one. <laughs> You're talking <laughs> about VGA was video graphics array. Video actually. Okay, that was it. Yeah.
2: Well, good. I never, I never knew what all those were so i'm not smart i was just googling while y'all were talking (laughs) oh
1: good thank you well you corrected us so now we all sound smart that we got the right answer
0: george let's talk about the one that you loved so much an 82 commodore 64 Mm.
1: yeah i mean obviously
2: i loved it so much because i had the 2600 for the longest time and then the next thing i got was the 64 so of course that's where you know my heart's gonna be it's anything you get now whatever you get is the best thing right yeah that's just the way that most people feel about their stuff, especially when you're looking back nostalgically on your childhood. It wasn't as good as any of the things before it, really. I mean, except for maybe the TRS-80, it only had 320 by 200 and 16 colors, you know, to choose from. But I don't know what it was about the programming language that made that box feel so much more versatile to me than anything else and so much more approachable. That graphics manual that came with
0: it? Yeah, yeah.
2: I don't know, John, you had the Atari. Yep. yep. I don't know what its manual was like, but... But the Commodore manual just, it begged you to learn how to use that machine to its fullest.
1: Well, also the Commodore, they also did a great thing with their price point because they were a lot less expensive than buying an Apple or some of these other ones. Well, that's
2: why we had one. Yeah. Because we could
1: afford it. it Affordable for people to actually start getting into this stuff.
0: Yeah. And you know that that's a huge dichotomy between kind of the past and the present. If you buy a computer today, the manual shows you how to plug it in and how to connect to the internet. When you bought a computer back then, oh geez. The manual was Mm -hmm. welcome to your computer. Here's how to program your own pr- stuff. Here's how to build your own graphics. Yeah. Here's how to, it was like, here's your tool. Here's the tool chest. Here's how to use these tools. Whereas now it's an appliance, it's a very different way to approach it. Well, the first time
2: that I ever saw a quick setup guide was in like the 90s. Right. Yeah. Yep. And we're talking here in the early 80s, late 70s. You didn't have a quick setup guide because there was no quick setup. It was plug it in, turn it on. That was it. You knew how to <laughs> do that inherently. But then it was, OK, what can I do now? Right. And that's why you had to have those giant manuals. Remember the magazines that you would get? I still have oh, a yeah. book. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. this day, Where you on my your shelf, it says the A to Z book of computer games. And each letter in the alphabet had a different game program that you could then type into yeah. a machine that understands understood basic and play that game and, and you needed that so manual, much fun.
0: because when i turned those computers on all they said was ready yeah. right exactly <laughs> get yeah. busy dude it's that's all i'm doing for you yeah. get work get to work yeah <laughs> Yep.
2: later on they people started recording their stuff to things like tape and floppy disks and stuff so you could load games automatically but you still had to know that command yeah, you they know, know how to do load it. that's right qu- what was it load uh load, quote star mark, comma eight comma quotation comma quotation, one right yeah
0: <laughs> We still know it to this. What what have I not learned because of that information stuck in my brain? Oh,
1: yeah, you, so, you'd be uh, eighty years old, can't remember the name Be your children, but you'll remember that. Load asterisk comma eight <laughs> comma. No, that's what you'd be calling your children. You'd be like, "Hey, load,
2: go call comma eight and tell them come over here and bring me an asterisk." I don't
0: know what
1: I'm.
2: It's
0: all the things I still know.
1: Now in '84, <sighs> the first Apple Macintoshes came out. I don't know if you guys ever had one. of Those I had a used one actually. No, I didn't. never
0: had one. Used one once.
1: Let me tell you. Although it only had two colors technically it but it had like almost a crazy number of shades in between those and colors. it was super high
0: resolution compared
2: to yeah. other things
1: It was 512 oh, yeah. by
2: 342 how did it generate the shades if it only had two colors then
0: because we were talking about with anti-aliasing you had to sacrifice colors for that it was proprietary monitor it had the monitor was built, mm. into built the computer. right here yeah and they could address the luminance of that so the pixel wasn't just on or off it was how on is it Oh, so like dimming or something right. like yeah, that. Yeah,
1: right. Not fully bright, that, though. It you. gave them like an almost infinite range of shades. So in some ways, you look at some of these early Apple Macintosh graphics that they had, yep. and you look like, wow, like, they look like really awesome black and white pictures. But that was the whole Steve Jobs trying to break the mold. Like, oh, we don't need color. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Later on, his, his iMacs are just
1: nothing but bubblegum right. little right. machines right. Right. color. Right, yeah. Everyone needs color now. <laughs> Do any of you guys have an Amiga? Your um, damn Straight, oh, well. damn straight, ahead of Amigas. <laughs> I think that was a little bit of
0: a rhetorical question, yeah, wasn't it? That was a, he just set that one up for us to spike, didn't he? Yeah, was yeah, just, yeah was I was just think that so. was a softball,
1: lob uh, analogy, guys. And
0: uh, Amiga was so far ahead of its time; it is oh, criminal, Jesus, crazy. criminal, crazy, criminal that it did not get more respect in Europe. It was a lot more popular, uh, but so in 1985, resolution of 1024 by 800, yeah, mm. with a maximum display rate of 4096 simultaneous colors in Ham mode, which was called, wow. which was short for Hold and Modify. It was also kind of tweaking the colors of no, that.
2: We know what ham means now. And I think it was appropriate then. Yeah. It's a different <laughs> kind of ham
0: going yeah. hard as a mofo. That's
2: right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was that the first megabit graphic? I mean, a I Think so. Yeah, I think, yeah, it was. I think so. Yep. Yeah, it's
1: crazy. It, I said I, I don't know why it didn't get the love that it should have. It mismanaged. Well, it was mismanagement. Uh, yeah, yeah the, there's there, a there's a long like, story. How many
2: documentaries are on there about Commodore screwing up the Amiga thing oh, yeah. in yeah. this country? And yeah, we could do a whole know, backtrack on the Amiga. And what back, happened oh, to
0: yeah. it? It's yeah, sad. But at its max rate, four thousand plus colors from a sixteen point seven million palette you could pick from. Whew. Now that was a strain on the Amiga most of the time. It worked in a 256 yeah, color <laughs> mode. You want to do
1: that, <laughs> right? Yeah.
0: But even the 256 color mode was blowing everything else out of the water at the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you
2: could. You didn't have to strain it if you didn't mind going and grabbing a document off of a BBS and taking an exacto blade <laughs> to your motherboard. <laughs> Like a little yeah, solder cutting did. like we did, yeah. yeah, 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 and get some extra gra- RAM yeah. for your graphics. Card. Uh, ahead of its I mean, time, crazy. But
1: it didn't catch on. But think of it though, just two years later, yeah, after the Amiga came out, it was awesome. Apple's like, Oh, we come out with a better computer, which no, wasn't as good. No, nope. <laughs> <laughs> it was because it was like a 640 by 480, which basically was a what we call a VGA, yep, right, and it had a, a huge palette. But it could only display 16 colors at a time.
0: Right. Now, if you drop the resolution, you could get 256 at a lower resolution, right. but
1: still not as good as what Amy was as doing. good as you do get. To get- two years ago yeah, well and crazy. on top
2: of that it started that whole Apple being proprietary everything well there was the yeah, one that before the was like the that, but that whole cultish mentality of our stuff is great our stuff is awesome our stuff is perfect because it all works perfectly together but that doesn't make it great no. I still think to this day that the Amiga far outshines the Apple Mac 2
0: I had oh, exactly. more fun with my Amiga than any other computer that I've ever owned even my yeah, Atari I still have two of them
2: I still have two Amiga 500 I I still have one in a yep. closet
0: somewhere. Me too. Yeah. Yep. Haven't touched it in forever, but it's there. Try it for my cold dead hands. There it is. It's mine. <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was about this time, like we started getting to the 90s, where I think the biggest, I would call it, revolution in computer graphics came in is when they separated the graphics processor from the computer processor. Sure. Yeah. 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 had separate having video, the video cards. cards which right. is where we are yeah. today, right? But yeah, exactly. It, 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 evolution of that,
2: of course. Well, and now sometimes we've gone full circle. We go back to having onboard video cards, right?
0: If it's enough. Right, if you don't need the 3D like, processing. Well, like it's or it's a much. laptop, for instance, sure. you know. I still remember, 1998, I had my first ever 3D card made by a company called 3DFX, the Voodoo. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, right. That's how I played... Half Life, yes, me too. Man, yeah. And I was stunned. And after that, it was it was like a drug. It was like it was a gateway drug. It's like, okay, <laughs> what's the, what's the next better graphics card that's going to look even nicer and even smoother and higher frame rates? And let me tell you, know, it,
1: to this, the Alpha ever stopped. It hasn't. It's no. like every year there's a, yep. a higher resolution card that has faster graphics. Has it's it's crazy. It's like for you twenty know, they just years had now.
2: CES this year and it's all about the eight K OLED screens now. Yeah, when you talk about graphics. <laughs> (laughs) I mean, it's ridiculous. Oh, way overkill. I remember, John, now you talk about 98. I remember slightly before that, and I think it was around 92, 93 when I got that compact computer. Right. Yep. And the graphics on it, you know, we went from the Amiga, right, which had Mm -hmm. some pretty cool stuff but remember that setup tutorial. We've talked about it on the podcast before where you came over to my apartment and we had a few other people over there and that setup thing was a video of John Delancey telling you how you're going to get all this stuff out of your computer. That video that came out of that computer was what blew
0: me away. I still think of it to this day.
2: (laughs) That wouldn't have been possible if it wasn't for the graphics card, which probably wasn't that great in it compared to other stuff.
0: And it was low resolution video, but it was moving video on a screen. That was the origin. Mm -hmm. Remember, it was a thing called multimedia computers. Oh yes. yeah, I remember that. Right? I
1: spent extra money for something stupid.
0: Right. It just means it has graphics, sound and a CD player. That's multimedia. Yeah. That's what it means. <laughs> 92 was uh, also you mentioned 92 for for that card. That was SGI came up with OpenGL. Remember every game you would play it oh, was yeah. like what do you have? Do you have Voodoo or OpenGL right. or Direct3D yeah, one of those yep. 2. Yeah. So that was an open format that people could use to write. It wasn't proprietary and owned by anyone. You could write your 2D and 3D graphics. And, you know, we mentioned 3D graphics. Up until now, we've talked about 2D graphics only. And and we should briefly mention that 3D isn't, I'm putting on my red and blue glasses. It just means rather than (laughs) drawing a pixel here and a pixel there, we're going to draw graphics with math. So we're going to create polygons and shapes. We're going to throw light on them and throw color on them and let the 3D graphics engine figure out where to plot the pixels.
1: Right. And how to draw the shading and how to do all that stuff. In order to
2: help people understand what they were giving them, they still had to give us that resolution number of a blank by blank. It wasn't like they went blank by blank by blank, like you would with, say, a piece of furniture or something. No, no, (laughs) there's no depth to it. Right. Exactly. Right. Because you still would render it within the limitations.
0: Right. Exactly. You
2: know, I wonder now, we don't hear that graphics term when it comes to virtual reality. Have you ever noticed that? Virtual reality, we never hear about, you know, what the graphics are of it. I remember some of the first, you know, virtual reality things like that old pterodactyl game that we played you know a million years ago (laughs) and how blocky that looks compared to virtual reality stuff now i'm just wondering why with vr we don't hear those graphics terms
0: maybe it's just assumed these days i guess well these days you pretty much have uh, we don't talk about resolution other than it's hd it's 4k it's 8K. It's SD. And so those are just well, terms. We use that, those shorthand terms. Right, but They right. have numbers behind them. They do. Of course they do. But you can have HD resolution that is not standard width. You can have a phone that's taller than it is mm, wide or something like right. that. Right. As long as it has the right pixel density, then it can
1: be considered HD. Gotcha. So if you think about it, though, what we have today isn't really that much different than we had 20 years ago. It's just a continual evolution. Just bigger, better, stronger, faster. Yeah, exactly. Faster. Like sure. Steve Austin. Right. Yeah. <laughs> (laughs) You're always going to find a way to
2: relate this back to Steve Austin, aren't you? (laughs) If I
1: can, yes. (laughs) Our tiny chip, it has 100 billion operations per second. And we are using it to make a difference. Imagine clean air, pure water, and a new future. And we are most proud knowing that we are doing our part to help save the planet. Attention, everybody.
0: We're going to forget that environment stuff and uh, use a chip for computer games. Back to work.
1: One way I think that would really kind of help kind of give perspective on how far computer graphics have gone is looking at how graphics have been used in like movies and media. Okay. Know, going back oh, to the 70s point. to now. Yep. Right. That's something yeah. all, we, we all relate to, right? Yep. And I did a little digging into it, and this just blew me away. I didn't think it was that bad, but the first use of 2D computer graphics – in a feature film was Westworld in 1973.
2: What? The Yul Brynner film.
1: Yeah.
0: Really? There oh, was... there's computer screens, right? Not like I don't to even represent... remember that. I got to go back and watch that movie. Oh now. no, it
1: was like the people in the control rooms with those computer screens. They actually oh. created graphics to show on those screens.
2: I see. You don't mean like graphics that were used as um as no, an element, not special element
1: effects or yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. To, to fill screens, but they actually had to like create graphics because they had to make it look super futuristic. So what? they created these computer looking. <laughs> gra- but they said it couldn't make it look like a picture because no one believe it, right, right. So yep. they had to make like graphics that looked like cheap computer graphics, but graphics cool. that
0: looked like graphics. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. It <which> was kind <laughs> of weird. You think about it, right?
0: Right. We'll
2: just play Atari. Just uh, nobody will know. Right. Is that some or is that a... Okay, the tank
0: is going over to Westworld now and he's going to go to like Samurai
2: World. After this.
0: Looks like he's on Night Driver now. What's happening? <laughs> I don't know, you guys.
1: I still remember in the very first Star Wars movie when they were planning the attack on the Death Star. Mm-hmm. Remember he says, yep. here's the plans. And you see like that wireframe Death Star. Right. Yeah. Yep. That was all actually computer generated. I got to wonder how long it took to render that. Right? Oh, right? that thing must take Because that couldn't have been real time. <laughs>
0: it looked <laughs> no. great and you saw it and, you're, and even then you know that was the challenge of movies that are set in futuristic advanced i almost said the future but we know star wars is the past but you know advanced technology but you're doing a movie about it and you're like well i have to fake advanced technology right and so now that looks so rudimentary but then it right. was super advanced and it probably took forever to render in 70 so produced in 76 produced <laughs> in 77 yeah crazy Man. yeah yeah did you guys ever hear a movie called looker
2: no oh yeah absolutely great I never heard of it. <laughs> I've watched Looker. It was the one about the
1: models getting disfigured. Yes. Yeah. And they actually had a computer-generated human character in it. Now, it didn't look very good, but it was computer-generated. So they had a human-like character made out of computer graphics. Yep. And then, so we jumped to 82. Tron. 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 Obviously, 82 is Tron. (laughs) Tron. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) You know, you look at it now, it definitely doesn't hold up real well. (laughs) It's (laughs) so
0: hideous and so beautiful at the same time. It's because
1: it's it's so analog. It's gorgeous. And I think they they were almost, like, too ambitious with what they were trying to do. Because the technology just wasn't. wasn't there to do what they wanted but the stuff they did do like the light cycles amazing that was awesome that was awesome then the rest of it, you're like, that's just kind of weird. Well, <laughs>
0: yeah. A lot of it they did to look like, hey, what can we do to look like computer graphics, right? So they put like reflective tape on their clothing and they right. harshly lit it and they keyed out stuff and brought up the contrast. So everybody looked like a wireframe almost because a lot of it is analog simulation of computer stuff. But the computer stuff that's in it is just, just Tron.
1: All yeah. it was, I'm just Tron. <laughs> it's just Tron. It was funny when the uh, Tron game came out and you know have that the part with the spiders that you shoot. Yeah. Yeah. To get into MCP cone. Well, yep. Yeah, well apparently that didn't make the movie. Like they only showed like a couple seconds of it in the movie because they couldn't get it to work. I just thought it was made it <laughs> for the game. Was that something cut out of the movie? No, no, that was supposed to be in the movie originally. Okay. Who knew? Wow. I yeah. didn't know that. But they couldn't get it to work, so it wound up in the game. What's my the game? I'm like, what the hell are these spiders? I never I never thought about it like that. Okay. <laughs> so George, let's talk about music videos from 85. Okay.
2: Let's talk about music videos from 85. We think computer graphics yeah, money for nothing, dire Straits.
1: Yeah, dire straight easy. <laughs> yeah. easy. Yeah, easy. Which that one, it actually kind of holds up because it's sort of cheesy cool. I don't They're know. Mm-hmm. It's- yeah, like they didn't. <laughs> now, that one, they didn't
0: overproduce it. They said, here's what no. we're capable of. Like, great, just do that. Don't fake it. And, and still, Had
2: the best Weird Al video almost. The Beverly Hills one. They they copied the the same computer graphics.
0: Great. Yeah. (laughs) But it's Jed Clampett flying through the TV.
1: Right. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) I had to look that one up. I haven't seen that that one. That's right. Moe's relatively
0: new to Weird Al. He's not seen all these things. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a parody of that same thing. Looks the same kind of graphics production, but instead of the guitarist, it's freaking jed clampett and his his floppy hat and everything it's all rendered okay i got got
2: one that i want to talk about from 1985 yeah
0: yeah. i always want to throw this
2: in there because nobody ever thinks of it what was the first film to involve computer graphics and live action at the same time on the screen is it black
1: hole nope no dang 85 huh
2: 85 it was young sherlock holmes believe it or not
0: oh That was, yep. was ever, that everybody 85? Everybody forgets that one. 85. Oh, I remember wow. how amazing it was. The big deal was yep. the stained glass window that came to life. That's the character. Yep. yep. LucasArts. Oh yeah. No, that was neat.
2: Stained glass window knight comes down and tries to kill the hallucinating priest.
0: Yeah. It was just awesome. You're thinking, how did they do that? How did they do that? It turns mm-hmm. out later it was a computer. That was, it was done so well that you didn't know it was a computer. That It didn't look yep. like, it didn't look like the Beverly yes. Hillbillies. Didn't look like Dire Straits, <laughs> right? <laughs> Most people
2: automatically, when you ask them, which was the first film to use live action. And in CGI, almost everybody starts to, you know, go like Who Roger Rabbit type route or Tron yeah. or something mm-hmm. like that. Right. No, the first one, Young Sherlock Holmes.
0: Yep. Interesting. Well, I learned something new. Now, we've got to touch on some Pixar stuff because late oh. 80s is when this started to kick off, right? right. Oh, sure. So I think 86 was before you know, the big stuff like Toy Story or anything was a, a Pixar short called Luxo Jr., which is the lamp oh, yeah. that's become the, the Pixar mm. the logo now. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. And that was the first full CGI short to be nominated for an Academy Award.
1: Really? Yep. Huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah and then funny because two years later they came out with another one called Tin Toy yeah that one drummer. won uh, that one actually won an kid, Oscar right yeah. yeah yeah yeah. it actually won an Oscar you know when I started thinking of computer graphics do you guys remember I guess we were actually talking about this on our last podcast but the Abyss oh yeah the water effect the
0: water creature that made the face and everything yeah that
2: was like half of the special stuff on the DVD was all about that water effect how they being did that yeah, right it was yeah. crazy and that was
1: 89 think about that that was a long time oh, ago <laughs> holy cow well
2: Abyss was certainly well ahead of its time in how it used computer graphics. I mean, that stuff blended. So like we talked about during Sherlock Holmes, that did not blend as seamlessly as right, right. something it, like happened in the abyss. Like them poking that water. Yeah, She sticks her finger in the face. mine look, looked like yeah. water.
1: Yeah, it did. I thought the spaceship at the end was kind of goofy, but that's besides the point. <laughs> but I digress. I was Hold
2: judging up. video games based on the abyss. Like if they had water in a video game, I was like, doesn't <laughs> look
1: as good as the abyss. Fuck oh. this. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of years that, that Terminator Two, because Terminator One just had stop motion; it didn't have any oh, computers right. in it.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. So that's when they started like put balls on somebody and replicated human movement.
1: Yeah. You know, I didn't figure out
2: till just this year that Linda Hamilton has a twin that was in that damn movie. That's yeah. how they did that shot in the mirror. No yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Yep. yep. That makes it easy, huh? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> But I still remember watching all this when the Terminator 2 came out. There was like the TV specials, like how they did the special effects. Yeah. And, you won't believe and it. About the whole computer thing. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. You knew
0: that was a kind of a robot and a weird thing. But the one that first kind of blew yeah. us away, I think, was the dinosaurs in the first Jurassic Park. Oh, my oh, yeah. God. They, I, I still the reveal them.
2: scene is the one that still oh. to this day is what everybody goes to when it comes to CGI and film. This is yeah. the greatest representation it's ever
1: had. And you and you watch it today. It holds up really well. I mean, it, oh, yeah. still, mm-hmm. looks it still looks real. Great. Oh, it does. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now they they try to fool you some because they had some like practical effects. They had some large puppets and stuff, right? But they intercut that with the digital, so that every time your eye was looking for defects, you weren't sure what you were seeing—the computer or the puppet—and it just it it made it, it smoothed it over so well that you stopped midway through that movie. You stopped thinking about how they did it, and it's just like Ooh, well, that dinosaurs. was because
2: midway through the production of that film, they switched to computer graphics. They weren't going to use Oh, it. they exactly. were right, using
1: stop motion in Harry stuff. originally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, I guess computers advanced enough. Wow. They
0: actually yeah. kept the puppeteers on to control the digital movements. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, they made yeah, that little apparatus. That makes sense. Yeah. They made right. that little thing that they could do the stop motion movements yep. with the puppeteers, but <laughs> have it render in CGI. George, and you and I
0: have seen these same special features.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Remember the end scene when the kids are up in the ceiling yep. and then mm-hmm. like the dinosaur jumps through and the girl falls and hangs yep. out? It's not that girl. It's, 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 yeah. It's actually a stunt woman and the, she yep. looked up at one point in the scene. Yeah. So had to use computers to, to put, put her face, face on her it, face with a girl's face on it you know that's probably nobody talks about
2: it but that's probably the first time somebody's face was digitally put onto to another body it's the yeah, first it deep like, face. Now, like we just got through talking about Star Wars you know the final film where they had to do a whole bunch of stuff for Carrie Fisher mm-hmm. that was right. done way back in 93 in Jurassic Park just in that one little like three yeah. frame clip but it is, it's funny yeah we talked about
0: Pixar Toy Story came out 95 yeah. oh
1: yeah sure 95 that was wow. the first
0: completely CGI film. We had shorts, we'd have, you know, animation, yeah, special links. effects.
1: Yeah. But from opening frame to closing frame, all computer generated with our graphics. Mm. Yeah, I remember watching the special about that when they were saying like when they were re- like they'd have to render these things and it would take hours and yeah. hours and hours to render like five minutes. Yeah, and if something went wrong, it went really wrong. <laughs> and, yeah. they didn't, you know, <laughs> and they wouldn't know though until it was done. Right, people's
0: faces blow off and you yeah, know, hair gets a million miles
1: like, long. Yeah, some like had like they're trying to do like a fur effect and it looked like a uh, a chia pet. Right. right. <laughs> <And it> just, <laughs> yeah, I've seen so some of those like, outtakes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they had to like, spend another five hours. Reading doing it you know this is crazy
2: well they even made outtakes for that film they made the oh, yeah they continue to totally do that ludicrous considering yeah. how much effort they had to put into just making the film <laughs> then they're like you know this is not enough <laughs> We need outtakes, (laughs) Jackie Chan style, to put in the credits. I'm
0: like, that's crazy. Now, I see, Mo, on your list, you call out the Matrix for the first use of CGI interpolation. What is that? Yes.
1: So you know the whole, the bullet type thing, like where she jumps up to kick the guy and they pan around her? Yeah, Yeah, that was the bullet time cameras. So the thing is that, it was separate shot, like it was like I forget how many cameras they had, but it was a that halo of cameras
0: to... to get a bunch of images, right? right. But the yep.
1: computers had to figure out the steps in between the camera shots. Oh, so it basically so... took the two oh. frames and figured they out had to what to fill her in, right?
2: It's like the next generation of anti-aliasing, yeah, right? It, 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 much, it, <laughs> but the
1: entire
0: frames of anti-aliasing. Okay, sure the person who invented huh. that built camera is like you know, fuck you,
1: but I <laughs> <he's not laughs> <laughs> don't need you at all. No, but that was the thing is like they did obviously the computer graphics they did it was mostly. Just trying to take humans and make it look smooth. So tell me about this
0: next one, Mo. Apparently, Lord of the Rings, they used AI for digital characters
1: for for the mass war scenes. Now I know it's loaded with computer graphics. Each individual orc or whatever. Oh, in the big battle scene, what it did. Oh, so that's why it looks random. Oh, they didn't map out exactly what people are going to do. They just said, right. here's what monsters might do. Go do something. Yeah, it'll run and certain percent will start chopping or whatever. And so they use AI to create those big mass war scenes and to make it so, you know, because remember before, like they do it, you see it, a lot of repetition, like you can almost see it sometimes. Sure. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. that, one, you don't see that any Because each one was individually drawn and controlled when they so did it. So that goes even beyond the graphics. The graphics were amazing,
0: but this yeah. adds more computer process. To inform the graphics, what they're oh, doing. Oh, yeah. jeez. Okay.
1: And love it or hate it, but Avatar <laughs> was pretty significant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it was an okay movie for me I, didn't, I liked it but I didn't think it was as amazing We're as I finally about was. to get a
0: sequel 90 years later yeah yeah right you know, <laughs> I just thought it was dances with
1: wolves in space but that's me blue wolves they're all blue but it was the first full-length movie that was made using performance capture for the whole thing the actors actually acted out all the computer parts How can of that. that be
2: because Gollum was in Lord of the Rings but he wasn't in the whole that movie was all the whole performance performance movie characters the characters from movie, beginning though. to end oh yeah. he wasn't in the whole movie yeah well, was, they yeah. didn't have, every single scene in Avatar didn't have performance capture what about the scenes where they were on the base getting into the pods that wasn't performance capture
1: i don't know maybe it was and they just cg'd the real people over
2: themselves i think that's just <laughs> <don't> spielberg <laughs> trying to rewrite the history books i think that's what this is i don't spielberg's know spielberg's like damn that guy from australia he can't be the first to do something i have to be the first i'm
0: spielberg i've seen plenty of behind the scenes stuff from avatar with everybody just got a bodysuit with little balls all over them little ping pong balls yeah because they had to capture every motion and then their faces they had drew dots on their faces to replicate that and
2: well i know that and that's, yeah, be- that's become pretty were- common yeah but there were parts in that movie that couldn't have been motion capture
1: I wasn't <laughs> debating there were i was just saying I've seen a lot of cool stuff about it <laughs> So one thing I would say is that, I mean, again, this is all kind of illustrate how far things have come. Yep. I mean, now we're at the point where you don't know if you're looking at computer generated or not. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's getting dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Pretty <laughs> soon again, it's like not even have actors anymore. Well, be- I was
2: just about to say, we didn't even talk about the first time there was a CGI character, but a, a human actor was replaced with a CGI character in some scenes in Judge
1: Dredd. So who's replaced in Judge Dredd? I didn't know. Which Judge Dredd we're talking about? The first, uh, the Stallone Judge Dredd. The Stallone one? Okay.
2: Yeah. He's flying around on that motorcycle you know the hover bike thing there's some mm-hmm. scenes of that where it's pulled back the far shot scenes where stallone is not in that in any way shape form it's not a green screen or anything it's all a cgi character
0: okay so he's not talking or anything but he's there he's present he's right there. yeah that, he's that, not that would have been a challenge. challenge yeah right
2: yeah no back then yeah certainly especially with stallone how do you going to be Stallone?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that last uh, Will Smith movie that came out. The Gemini Man, right? Gemini Man, Gemini yeah. Man. The yeah. younger yeah. version of himself. He didn't actually mm-hmm. play that part. That was all computer generated. Yeah. Pretty wow. amazing. Yeah. Like I thought that he, he played both parts and they just unaged him <laughs> in the other one. But yeah, that was all computer did generated. Did they have like a stand-in who was green-faced up or something? Uh, or? I'm not sure. All he knows is that he actually did not play that role. He did the voice, but he, that's all he did. Crazy.
0: Yeah. And now as far as computer graphics have come, it's no longer a point. You, you don't go, buy a computer and go, well, yeah. what, what, what what pixels do? How many, How many pixels? pixels? How many colors? Have, right? Well, <laughs> you have all of them. What, it's a computer. What do you mean? Yeah. Right. Or you don't look at a game. Nobody talks about, oh, the cool graphics on this. Well, everything has awesome graphics now. It's just, they talk about the art design. It's another medium yeah. where yeah. you can create any image you want because it's virtually unlimited now, which is stupid, insane to think that as Gen Xers, we grew through there are no computer graphics to there's Atari to these computers to you can't tell the difference anymore. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> to pretty soon we're not gonna need people anymore just in under yeah. 40
0: plus years once nuts. again Gen X the most amazing era to have ever grown up in Iris yes <laughs> this machine is a large computer it was built by Lincoln Lab in 1956 as a, a research machine
1: now, how do you actually go about communicating with a, a computer in a graphical sense?
2: Well, we are using an oscilloscope here, which is much like a, uh, a TV set, except it's being driven by the computer. In order to get the information into the computer, we have to draw somehow in this, and we use the light pen.
0: If there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about, the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore. Catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know, so if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us, they'll thank you later. You're our fourth listener, and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show, so hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, GenX Grown Up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy. Plus, you can find our entire body of work on genxgrownup.com. Well, I think we have dug through the history of computer graphics with just about as much resolution as the topic <laughs> demands. <laughs> oh, <Sorry>. Okay. Before, <laughs> before we leave, I had to get a good one in there. I'm sorry. Before we leave, I absolutely oh, love to waiting. take a moment here at the end for the good one. It's <laughs> love to take a moment here at the end of the show and give our gratitude to all the folks that support us over on Patreon. Give us a few bucks a month to help keep the lights on. And I'm talking about you. Keith, Marcus, Mike, R, Steen Dan, Gary, Stewmonkey, John with an H, Tony, Agile, Levi, Greg L, Corey, Greg Z, Adam, Dana, Davis, Mark, Stubaka, Blasted or Stash Chad, Mike, C, Thomas, and T2. That wow. is a roster. That was impressive. You did it without any mistakes.
2: He's using the Kenny G breathing technique. First, thing, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's circular breathing. breathing. Right through, <laughs> you, in <Yeah>. through the <laughs> nose, out through the mouth.
0: If you would like to join these folks and help support what we do here on the podcast over on YouTube and on the website, all you got to do is head to patreon.com slash Grown Check out the levels. or some swag to be had, some bonus content. It's all there for you. We would love to have you along for the ride. We'll be back in two weeks with another backtrack, but next week, of course, with a regular edition of our show. Until then, I am John. George, thank you for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you. Oh, man, always fun. And fourth listeners, we appreciate you most of all, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care everybody. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown up? Jidex grown up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. We're also an affiliate of the Geeks Worldwide Radio Network. You can check them out at the gww.com. Your dinner, just
1: eat french fries? Basically lifestyle.
0: Uh oh! Here's that awkward womp,
2: part that womp, we were talking womp. about before yep. about how to move. <laughs> There's going to be a commercial in there anyway. Yeah, we'll, we'll find true. a beat in
1: there. Thank you, George. <laughs> <laughs> but, the world up. is back on his axis again. Thank you. Right.
2: Coming up on Five Minute News. I'm Anthony Davis.